This podcast is about LA gang history from roughly around 1960 to uh, 2019 and beyond, or pretty much the present uh, day of 2019. Um, let me just say a, a quick disclaimer that I'm not glorifying gangs and I'm not promoting gang activity or gang violence. Um, also, I want to send a rest in peace out to my cousin, Ruben Buckingham, out of Antioch, Antioch California, who was just killed um, in gun violence. I don't think it was any gang activity, but I just wanted to um, send a shout out to my um, cousin who passed away last week um, and just have a moment of silence for him. Okay, um, let's get into it, man. Let's get right into it. Um, you know, the reason why I'm doing this podcast, man, is because, um, you know, gang violence and uh, gang activity and uh, just being a gang member has been uh, glorified by some. And um, some people use um, gangs and um, gang membership as a way of seeking out family, um, maybe because at their home or particular situation, they don't have a very tight knit family. So sometimes young guys and young kids um, form these gangs to have a family feeling and family uh, a life of uh, to have a life to feel like they have a family. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, what, why um, are gangs um, even formed, and why did gangs form, and why does Los Angeles come as a uh, you know synonymous point? With, with gang activity you, you think of LA you think of uh of course you think of high weather you think of the beach you think of Venice Beach um you think of Hollywood Walk of Fame you think of Hollywood Bel Air um you know Santa Monica all that but LA has the m- most you know gang formation I think they have about at this point maybe about 1500 to a thousand different gang sets and there's probably over a hundred thousand gang member um gang membership in la so let's go back to uh the beginning of of why gangs formed in la at that clip of a rate and why they're so disjointed and it's so popular right now all right um so we're going to take you back to around in the 1940s when um blacks from the south mainly arkansas texas louisiana alabama georgia um, black people pretty much, man, arrived in California around the 1940s seeking work because um, families needed jobs. And um, a lot of people um, migrated out of the South because at that point, the South was very racist, very uh, Jim Crow, and people were mainly working sharecropping. So I believe around World War II, um, there were a lot of, um, you know, military manufacturing and there were all kind of jobs um, in the California area for blacks and Latinos. We're going to stay more in um, this talking about um, the black population, but we're going to also add the Latino population in as we go. Um, but around 1940, you had a large influx of African-Americans that would migrate to the Los Angeles area and seeking work. And they did get this work around the World War II era. Um, but there were 
the majority of the population were whites, okay, around uh, certain areas in Huntington Park and um, Inglewood and Southgate, Compton and Gardena and West LA. Um, these blacks that uh, arrived, they were mostly um, supposed to live in this, you know, I guess South Central LA or off Central Ave, and most of the Latinos were to be lived, were supposed to live in East LA. Okay, and as time went around and as time passed, most of these blacks started to spread in places like Huntington Park and Bell and Southgate and Inglewood, Compton, Gardena, etc. etc. Um, during the 1940s, um, as you know, the most parts of the United States was segregated. So they had white gangs that would almost try to attack these black people that were kind of like coming out of their restricted areas. And um, these white gangs was, were called spook hunters. And the word spook was mainly a derogatory term used towards black people or Latino people in that time. And gangs or these little cliques started to basically um, respond to the these um attacks and um so you start having these little cliques forming there weren't necessarily gangs then because now we're talking about the 1940s but black people would or african americans would the youth or these or even grown people would kind of form these you know groups to fight off these people that didn't want them there they didn't want them around the la area so they would you know fight them off and that grew uh, to another thing so um you know as the time uh, flowed on more blacks would migrate um, into the Los Angeles area and in the 1960s um, you had the Watts riots and this is one of the most pivotal points of african-american history in Los Angeles because you had the um, Watts riots and the riots of 1965 um after that it led to what you would call white flight meaning that most of the white americans or the group of white people that did live in that area of los angeles they began to migrate to other parts of um southern california and the surrounding areas and they would leave most of the blacks in the inner cities um and um you know the uh, Latino and black gangs, you know, they would begin to fight, you know, each other. And um, they were no, there were no longer uh, any white gangs. So the black and Latinos would start to, you know, fight and do their little thing also. But you also had the civil rights movement around that. You had the Black Panther Party and you had the other different types of organizations that wanted to kind of come in and clean that up. Um, I don't know. I forgot the name of it. I want to say it was like the black, the black family, something BFG or BGF. This is one of the main groups that was, uh, around Los Angeles at that time before the Crips and Bloods kind of came into existence. There were these, um, really positive more than anything. There were like groups to be there to protect black people after those rides. The rise was a very big um, it's a very big history. Uh, you can actually go and, um, you know, see uh, the, you know, documentaries uh, and all that. I can't really get into that in this podcast, but that basically shaped, that shaped the history 
of gang violence and gang activity in Los Angeles. Um, so around the 60s, um, you had, you know, these community or community organizations. You had uh, the community organizations that would give free lunch and they were talking about, uh, you know, resistance and they were talking about different things for this, um, how to get black people to realize their rights and to feel protected in their community. Well, all that came to be. And during that period, I guess basically the LAPD or the FBI or COINTELPRO kind of infiltrated those movements. And once they infiltrated those movements and sort of corrupted those same movements, then you started to get this um, gang kind of groupings because basically they went in and kind of corrupted the mission of those Black Panther Party members that were around in the 60s and those different offshoot movements that were there to kind of be like community control. Um, and so around the late 60s, I would say 1968, 69, you start having a lot of more cliques. Like every park that you went to, you would have the Carver Park Boys, you would have, um, you know, uh, the Watts, you had the Bounty Hunters, um, you had these different groups around LA. Um, I think you had uh, the, uh, let me see, uh, ooh, what was that? The Swamp, I think it was like the Swamp Boys or the Swamp Park Boys, it was something. So you would have these little groups that started to come up out of LA, uh, different streets and different cliques and groups. And then you started to have leaders emerge from these different groups. Um, the history of Crips and Bloods um, is uh, basically that the Crips were the first group along with the Green Jackets. So the Green Jackets came out of um, um, the uh, Nickerson Gardens um, and Watts. And I think the Jordan Downs had another group. I can't name the group, um, but those different areas where was where those different um, first uh, gang uh, names came out of. Uh, and then around 1960, I want to say around 1969-70, you start having different leaders emerging. Uh, you had Raymond Washington and uh, Tukey Williams and uh, more names than that that I can name right now. But you had um, a lot of these guys, they came out of uh, that era when they first started to uh, basically uh, gang bang or had a little gang activity. So gang activity um, came out of California around from, I say, maybe 1969, between 69 and 73 was the uh, infancy period of actual Crips and Bloods. And um, the Crips was the first um, group to emerge. Some say the name could have been Cribs and somebody misspelled Cribs and said Crips. But uh, maybe it was always Crips and they said that somebody found out the name and then they um, pronounced it wrong in the piece of uh, in the newspaper. It was Cribs, baby Cribs. And then somebody said Crips. But anyway, that was one of the first groups to come out of uh, to actually have a gang name 
like and and really had this big membership so the crips outnumbered um bloods and then you had like bishops and bounty hunters which you had the bounty hunters um and they didn't want to be down with crips so you you have to look at it like a large area of of territory and you have maybe 40 or 50 people and they're going neighborhood to neighborhood trying to corrupt people from this block to that block to this block to that block and of course like everything people are going to resist things are going to resist and people are going to push back and that's how um Piru was the first uh opposition of the crypts so Piru's they came out of uh Compton uh, off of 135th Street, Piru Street. And these guys, Piru's, they were the ones that basically didn't align with the Crips. But there wasn't that many of the Piru's, okay? So in East LA, or yeah, if you want to say East LA, that's where the Crips formed. And Compton, which is more towards the west of the city, they would form Piru. Okay, and that would be around 1973 when they really came on the scene and Crips were already formed and they were already um, gaining territory in Los Angeles around that time. Um, and like they say, during prison, during the prison, during prison, during the prison stint of most of these gang members, um, they would start forming these different monikers like hey what up cuz or what up blood so um there's a saying that says um um everybody used to say young blood but then when crips formed they used to say what up cuz or hey cuz and then you know pyrus and other sets would say what's up blood okay and then so that's how the word blood came in so there wasn't any um the original there was no original blood set um there has never been an original so-called blood set until later on in the late 70s but before it was just pyrus or it was bishops okay and you had crips so those were the main three gangs of los angeles you had crips pyrus and then you had other black p-stones you had the bounty hunters and so later the bounty hunters aligned themselves with the concept of blood now there is a you know i guess there's arguments of where blood came from some people say blood came from the street but a lot of people maintain that the word blood came from um a prison or like a youth authority prison why which was one of the main youth authorities of california um, so, again, the word blood, there was never a gang form called blood. The word blood came later as Pyrus were calling themselves blood to kind of differentiate, differentiate themselves from Crips because they were calling each other cuz. And then later on, I would probably say around probably 74 or 73, 74, 75, that's when colors and all these different things started to come out. Um, um, so Crips started to wear blue. And then because they said the word blood when they said what's up. Then the other gangs that didn't align with Crips. They called themselves bloods. And they started wearing red.
okay so then you had blue red and all that and so the early stages of, of gang activity in la was you know you did have to rob somebody and that's what the crips they were very um you know known for robbing um people and um you know just hanging in big groups and it was more about fighting and it was more about you know different things you go to the park and they would have these park events and everybody would come to the park and it was more of a family you know type of structure and yeah it was more about community protection so if you stayed on this 58th block from 58th to 75th you know that whole crew and that whole community would be crips and hey if we don't know you if you're an outsider we'll pounce up on your head and that's what it was about it was more about fist fighting and it was more about um you know rep, rep recognition and, and respect and 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 yeah it was um things added to it um you know flashy cars and you know you having the women and all that these are more like the original gangsters the ogs but this is how everything started to form because it was more about community and hey you live here so you kind of born into this cripping or you born into being a pyru or a blood and that's how the early gang activity started up um and then i guess you could say around the late 70s or even the mid 70s that's when the violence started to come in more um i can't i don't have the articles in front of me but i've read the articles or i've, I've re read the history of it and you know there were it was there were guns involved but not at the rate of i guess you could say the 1980s once the 80s came in um um there were more you know drugs involved and there were more violence there were there were it was more violence involved it kind of spiraled out of control once the 80s came um but just to finish up the 70s um i, I believe um once the 70s came they were they started to form more cliques because i believe the first set of crips were just crips okay so if you was from Watts and you was a Crip, you was a Crip. If you was from Compton, you was a Crip, you was a Crip. If you was from East LA, you was a Crip, you was a Crip. If you was from Inglewood, you was a Crip, you you was a Crip. But um, as the the later stages um, of Cripping and later stages of gang activity um, came about, they started to break off in neighborhoods. Okay, and then so you had the neighborhood this and One uh, Seventeenth neighborhood Crip, and then you had Eighty Third. Um, street gangster crips and then you had you know inglewood family bloods and then you had uh you know fruit town pyrus and then you had treetop pyrus so dip um most of these gangs are taking their names from a local park or a street that they live on so you have you know like i said you, you might have the 50 uh, second street broadway gangsters okay so um how you break that down you would break it down as 52nd street and broadway and they would be 52nd street broadway gangster crips so the word gangster would be what they're basically based on and then you also have neighborhood and neighborhood crips broke off from um um they wasn't so-called gangster they was neighborhood crips okay so then now you can see how these different gangs started to 
basically uh, separate themselves with names. Um, and that started to happen in the late 70s when you start having these different um, every, you know, block or two or every, um, you know, couple of blocks, gangs would start forming all, almost like tribes. And that's on both sides with Crips and Bloods. Um, I think the, the first major inner Crip war was around 1979 and that was against the rolling 60s and the eight eight uh eight trades which was the 83 street uh gangster crips and um it was like a small time like fight of course it was like a little competition there and these guys with the gangs would hang hang out at parks or whatever and i believe uh one particular guy from the rolling 60s and another guy from the 80 street uh 83 uh, street gangster crips i believe they were fighting over a girl or something and one of the members uh from the 80 83 street gangster crips i believe i don't know exactly not but i believe he had got killed and from then on up until when nipsey hustle passed away and i think they just came together to just kind of speak with each other that the uh, rolling 60s and the uh, A-Trays had been beefing for over 40 years. So that's what's going to take me um, to my next part, which would be the, the 1980s. Okay, so around the 1980s, um, crack cocaine was uh, introduced um, into the neighborhoods of most of these communities uh, in Los Angeles. You know, uh, uh, there's no secret that... Um, you know, black people in their communities have been littered with drugs and, you know, drugs and, and alcohol and violence and, and, and activity for a long time. And um, there's no, um, you know, special case with, with Los Angeles. The same thing happened. But this new drug called crack cocaine was introduced in 1980. And that's when things started to turn for the worse. Um, around 1980, you had large uh, street, um, you know, drug um, organizations and you had a large uh, amount of people that were also using um, this. So gangs used to form and now, you know, on top of the violence ratcheting up, there was also hustling. And so some of these gangs started to be hustlers and some of them was gangsters. And then you had the neighborhoods and you had all these different types of um, criminal activity involved in gang activity. Um, so it all kind of go, goes together. Um, but then that's when um, the whole concept of the drive-by shootings and the retaliatory um, shootings would go down and um, it just spiraled out of control. And it went from being a crip to, hey, um, I'm a, you know, a corner pocket crip. Or I'm a, you know, neighborhood 60. I'm a rolling 60 crip. Or I'm a, uh, you know, uh, you know, this, this, this or that. And, and so these gangs would now, they were disjointed. So now it wasn't all about being a crip. It's about your set. And each set started to have their own way of thinking and their own ideas and what they thought. And so now these gangs are actually starting to spiral out of control. Um, in the 1980s, um, you had, uh, I think in Los Angeles, I think you had over 900, 900 homicides um, between, they averaged about 900 homicides just in LA um, around the, from 1980 to around 85. And um, it just got bad. Um, you know, uh, 
it, it, it got it got bad from the standpoint that in the 70s there was there were violence but there were robberies and you know assaults and you know a murder here and there but it the gunplay started to come in around the 80s and the disjointment of the gangs started to happen around that time in the 1980s and when we get up to the 1990s um you know they were out of control um the drugs started to get more out of control um they the, in, in the 1990s actually they had a higher homicide rate over the 90s um and there was uh, a lot of uh homicides um uh, going on but then something else happened so in 1965 they had the watts rides and that was more around um their uh los angeles um you know city or the police or whatever you want to say trying to control um black movement in los angeles and um black uh i guess you want to say civil diso disobedience but in 1992 you had a major ride it was the rock rodney king so you had another ride and, and and that changed a lot and so in 1992 there was a gentleman pulled over in los angeles and he was almost beaten to death and his name was rodney king and i think the gang started to say damn we claiming crip, we claiming blood, we claiming bishops, we claiming stones, we claim, you know, even the Latinos was looking around and they was like, man, what are we doing? And so I believe um, there was some form of truce that started to happen. And some of those truce, truce, T-R-U-C-E, some of those truce still last to this day. And uh, a lot of gangs, um, you know, um, came together and um, started to basically, uh, you know, start to sit down and really think about, hey, what are we doing? What What is this? Um, so the 90s was littered with, um, you know, homicides, uh, more gangs spiraling out of control, uh, more dis, you know, more disunity. I mean, when I say disunity and, and, and disunited and all that, I mean that the concept of a gang name, you know, if you're a blood, you know, and man, you know, five or six miles down the street, there's another blood gang. Well, we need to be together and we need to collaborate, of course, not to be overran by Crips, but not being ran over by the bounty, uh, by the Grape Streets or not being ran over by the 60s or not being um, uh, ran over by a Raymond Crip. So, you know, bloods, you have more inner fighting. And so now you started to have around the 90s in the in the 2000s where we're going now is now you have full um uh, full spiraled out of control beef between the same sets and so now you have uh 60s not liking grapes and now you got broadway crips not liking uh 38th street gangsters crips or maybe you have a gangster crip set not liking the neighborhood crib set so it all kind of spiraled out of control and bloods bloods were the same you know treetops not liking inglewood families and inglewood families beefing with uh you know this particular set so things started to not have a meaning to it around uh, the 2000s and, and and gangs activity after the 90s now we're going into the 2000s up until now and, and, and in the 2000s, and even up to this point, now gangs are still doing the same. More violence, 
more murders but now everything is almost popularity okay now if i'm in the game i'm popular so now you have famous people paying to get in these games now you have entertainers wanting to align themselves with gang members and like i said i'm not glorifying it but there is a a pinch of positivity with it and the pinch of positivity is if you can get these guys to turn around and protect the community and not destruct the community and there has been cases and points where gangs have protected the community where gangs have came together and had a peace treaty where gangs had come together and have to learn how to work with one another but just having gangs on the streets of course that's a very destructive um thing and even you know some of these young guys is gang banging i'm not talking to those guys but if you listen to any og that's really been in affiliated with a the gang they'll tell you man it's not right we need to stop this shit. we need to you know we need to change our ways and um you know we have a, a numerous of people that's famous you know the most famous one uh, as of late uh is nipsey hustle you know he was a rich rolling crib he was a rich he was a rolling 60 crip and you have snoop dogg you know you got trey he's an insane uh gangster crip i believe out of uh, long beach um i mean mac 10 affiliated with the bloods dub c um you know countless numbers of nba players and nfl players and even i believe a few actresses and maybe even some politicians may have some gang um uh, affiliation somewhere so now if you fast forward it you know i believe and i hope that some of these gangs are waking up um, Los Angeles, like I say, they just um, lost a, a, a great gang unifier, which was Nipsey Hussle. They didn't look at um, color, uh, of, of what color you got on. Now, um, you know, like I said, back in the 90s, um, in the 80s, in the 80s and the 90s, gang colors was the main thing. I mean, if you had on red, you know, you, people knew who you was. You knew They knew you was a blood. If you had on blue or you wore a certain hat, they knew what set you was from. But around in 2010, I would say, they just dropped all that. It wasn't about color. So you couldn't tell who was who. And now you had Crips aligned with Bloods. And now, even in the modern time, you know, if one set, like, just say, um, I think the Inglewood family and the 83, the Inglewood family, Bloods, and the 83 street gangster crips they don't like the rolling 60s they stay like right there in the vicinity with each other but the inglewood family bloods and the 83 street gang gangster crips they kind of have an alliance because they don't like the 60s so you now you start to get that that if one opposite one opposition gang doesn't like this opposition gang but they're from the from a different total gang then they could come together and collaborate. <laughs> so you have like Bloods and Crips collaborating. You know, maybe this Blood and Crip gang don't like this Blood set together. So hey man, when we see each other, we give each other a pass. Or you know, it's very unique. It's a very deep history. Um, like I said, you have over probably 700. I don't know. I said a thousand sets. I think you at least have about 700 street gang names you have uh 700 and some gangs in in california right now like you have these subsets and then you have this group and you have that group so it's a very um complex issue um i don't know exactly where these gangs are going and, and, and it's not just a black thing every ethnic group or every group has some form of protection you know um uh, back in the day 
white Americans had the Ku Klux Klan. You know, the Mexicans have their cartels now and they have their, their, their gangs. That's a whole nother podcast show. And the blacks, we had our, we got our gangster disciples and our vice lords. We do have our street gangs. And you had the Chinese, they got the triads. And you have the Irish, they have their Irish mafia. And the Italians have their Italian mafia. So it's not um, based on uh, race or nothing like that. Although I am focusing because I am African-American. I'm going to focus on African-American gangs. And that those gangs in California are the biggest ones. They have spread around the globe. They have spread to numerous states. Um, they're not just in L.A. now. Now those same Crip sets are in Georgia. They're in Alabama. They're in Memphis, Tennessee. They're in uh, Texas and different places. Oklahoma. Um, I mean, those gangs are spreaded by gang members from California taking that same gang knowledge and gang information and just spread it. Now you got Crips in New York. You got Crips in New Jersey. You got Bloods in New York. You got Bloods everywhere. Boston, Philadelphia. I mean, you name it. So now it's a national thing. Now it's even global, you know, so and a lot of it spread in prison because a lot of these members were in prison. And um, I believe when the gang members went to prison, they kind of hooked up more because really when you go to prison, that's when you really have to be protected because it's not about your gang in prison, because in prison you have the Aryan nation against the Mexican mafia against blacks and those blacks usually come under one type of moniker or one type of name to protect their their self inside of these very um ruthless prisons in San Quentin and different types of prisons um in the United States but the mainly the California prisons are very segregated and it's just facts it's not something that I'm um you know just spitting out and um telling lies about this is a uh, factual information I studied most of it by looking at um YouTube and, and reading clips um you can go to Kev Mac Kev Mac videos on YouTube. He has a whole plethora of gang history. Um, you can look at our profit videos. You can look at uh, uh, forgot the other ones, but there's a, a couple of particular YouTube visual um, people that's out there that really has a lot of work. They have a countless numbers of books. Um, like I say, the Tukey Williams his story. I mean, uh, yeah, Tukey uh, Tukey Williams his his story. Um, um, Raymond Washington. Um, AC Babalu, um, Too Pretty Kenny, all these, um, uh, Barefoot Pookie, all these uh, people, a uh, couple of people are still alive. This, this, given the the actual, um, you know, description and actually telling you what, where the gangs formed and why they were formed. Like I say, um, um, black people migrated to Los Angeles before 19. 40, I would say maybe in the 1920s, there were a few blacks, of course, in the segregated neighborhoods. But around World War II, I believe uh, they had uh, manufacturing armaments and different kind of military uh, uh, manufacturing that were going on in California. It caused many people from the South to migrate. Many blacks migrated from the South. 
um, to LA. And so they had a couple of waves of migration in the 1940s and then more blacks migrated in the 1960s and more people started to hear about it and more blacks started to migrate in the 1980s. And also around that migration period, you had a lot of Latinos living there and then you had a big Latino migration started in the 1970s, 80s until even now. And so some of those neighbor same neighborhoods now that were or predominantly black in Los Angeles they're predominantly Hispanic now so even the black people are either pushed out or is regentrified to a whole new topic so the reason why I did this podcast like I say this this has been on my mind and I wanted to really talk about um you know some of the history of it um and you know exactly what happened this is not everything of course because i don't know everything <laughs> of uh you know what's going on but this is what i can tell you uh and this is what i want to put on my podcast so man this has been uh, the global podcast connect we was talking about uh la gang history man and we got more spicy topics like this coming to you so peace